0: Right, the NBA and NBL seasons are well underway. We're deep into November and the basketball news wire is very busy and that includes some brutal developments yesterday in the sense of the Tall Blacks wanting to qualify for the Paris Olympics. They'll have to beat literally some of the world's best, including Greece, Slovenia, Croatia, the Dominican Republic and Egypt, all drawn in a six-team last-chance tournament. Mark Hinton is uh, everything to basketball on stuff and covers a heck of a lot of stuff on rugby as well as other sports as well. But he does love talking uh, basketball, talking the hoops, and uh, we've got him on this morning. Good morning, Mark.
1: Good morning, Smithy. Welcome back. Uh, I, I'm not sure who had the longest haul at the World Cup. Was it you or me? But all I know is uh, two months in France that seemed to go forever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I've got to tell you, fifty-three days in India. <laughs> at, <laughs> uh, at certain stages, uh, it was dragging out a bit, but most of the time was was bloody enjoyable. I've got to say.
1: Hey, hey, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, that... I, I, <laughs> no, Smithy, I, I was just going to say to you on the World Cups, you, you uh, they can become a drag for us uh, types that get sent to cover them. But then uh, a colleague of mine said, just remind yourself where we are, the stadiums we are in, the moments we're witnessing, and. And the cities we're in, and, 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 yeah. and you do remember, it's all worth
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just a little uppercut every now and then. You did right, um, right? Okay, let's let's look at this draw uh, that uh, has come out, or this task that's ahead of the the tall blacks. It seems brutal from the outside. What about from oh, uh, the way you look at it?
1: Yeah, well, let's just first. I mean, you, you sort of touched on it, but just just the the. Um, the extent of the task essentially you compare it to the tall ferns the women's team who are going to a similar tournament in china in february they're one of four teams at that tournament along with uh, the host china france and puerto rico three qualify for the olympics three out of those four um and then there's there's a little bit of a proviso that france automatically qualify as hosts but they're still part of the qualifying process. So essentially the tall ferns, the women's basketball team, go to their tournament. They just have to be Puerto Rico and they punch their ticket to pa- the Paris Olympics. So a very realistic chance. And you compare it with the tall blacks and men's process. They go to their tournament in July in Greece. They're one of six teams competing for one spot, one mm. miserable spot. They've got to essentially win the tournament alongside Slovenia who, who uh, are well led by a certain Luka Doncic, the NBA superstar from the Dallas Mavericks. Croatia, who have multiple NBA stars, Dario Saric from the Golden State Warriors, um, Avika Zubac from the LA Clippers, uh, three or four others uh, uh, applying their trade in the NBA, so a very strong team, Croatia. And, of course, Greece with Janis Antintin everyone knows is uh, Smithy are there as well in Dominican Republic? Carl Anthony Towns from Timberwolves, one of the an NBA All Star, one of the sort of better players on the planet, also leads that team. So for the Tall Blacks, Smithy, I don't like to use the word Mission Impossible, but man, I mean they've done done some special things on occasion over the last couple of decades, including that memorable 2002 World Champs in Indianapolis, mm. of course. But this this. If they made it out of this Smithy, I would rank this their finest international achievement, including that run to fourth in the world because that's how hard this task is to win this tournament.
0: Wow, that's saying a bit. So for Piero Cameron, I mean, he, he, he has to give it a go. He has to give it his best shot. I, I was just looking at yep. those... Uh, those high-profile names you are just talking about, is it likely that they uh, will all be available? I mean, is there a window as such we're looking at here? I mean, will their franchises release them for a qualifying yes. tournament?
1: Yeah, the qualifying, the men's tournament has been pushed right back to July 2nd, 7th for a reason. The NBA finals goes no later than June 24th. Starts, I think, June 6th, uh, depending on, on whether it goes the distance. The latest it can go is June 24, which would be, you know, sort of 10 days before this tournament starts. So it is designed to have NBA players available, and the likes of Luka Doncic, the likes of Giannis and Interkoppel are all very driven to play for their countries. Um, uh, All have done in the past. Giannis didn't play in the last World Cup, but that was uh, a a sort of injury management uh, sort of situation, but has done regularly in the past. Luka always plays for Slovenia. Um, and they're a good team even without, and with them, They're a world-class team, fourth in the last Olympics, uh, seventh at that last World Cup. Um, you know, they're one of the best teams in the world. So, yeah, you, you would expect these NBA guys would front, Smitty. Um So for the Tall Blacks, it's going to be, you know, re- literally, you know, a Mount Everest type uh, of uh, obstacle confronting them, but you never, you know, it's basketball. It's... Um, you know, your chance, of course, they won't have their NBA player because, as we know, Stephen Adams is out for the season uh, with knee mm-hmm. surgery, which has uh, mm-hmm. removed him completely, um, uh, really unluckily because it was a time when we're told he was about to make himself available for the Tall black. So another, another I guess, a little bit of a body blow for that national men's programme.
0: Just before we uh, leave the NBA and talk of the NBA, uh, how about LeBron yesterday racking up the most minutes in the entirety of his career? He's going past the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yesterday.
1: Yeah, he sets these records on a, on a pretty much weekly basis, doesn't he? Um, you know, just with his uh, incredible um, longevity and his credible standards. Uh, quite remarkable, but the other... Um, factor that went with that Smithy was that he also suffered his, his biggest defeat, I think, as an NBA player. The Lakers lost to Philadelphia 76ers by, I think, 44 points. So um, a little bit of a you know a celebration moment, but a reminder that his Lakers, who were beaten Western Conference finalists last year, so should be there or thereabouts again, have a long way to go to to, I guess, get their show on, the, you know, back to where it needs to be. So I, I think, and I, I, there was a quote from LeBron afterwards saying he doesn't really care about a, a record like the minutes. He cares about the performances and the wins, and he didn't get one. So he was a little bit grumpy, not, certainly non celebration move.
0: Rightio, let's uh, st- it, uh, to the breakers, shall we? Because uh, the results—I've been following them from afar. Of course, have not been what we were expecting this year. After a terrific performance last year, um, so w- what's the issue here? Is, is more really almost exhausted, trying to get more out of this breakers unit this time around?
1: Our injuries have been cruel to them, Smitty. Um, they've essentially lost two starters and uh, two starters long term, and. Um, in Port's Island, I and mean, who was playing the house down, fractured his foot at a very an inopp- opportune time. Um, essentially, they just removed a, a key big man in, in a team that didn't have a lot of depth in terms of the big man department. And then on top of that, just recently, star off-season re-signing, uh, you know, top Aussie uh, sort of playmaking guard Will McDowell White has uh, also suffered a fracture in his leg, and he's out now six to eight weeks. Probably minimum. So, two cruel injuries, two starters, two key guys on a team that probably didn't have a lot of depth to start with and now is painfully thin. And it's telling on the breakers. They're 3 and 7 they a really early hole. There's still 18 games to go, so there's time to dig their way out of it. But if those losses keep mounting, Smithy, it pretty soon gets to be that mathematical equation where you, you start playing for your life and uh, you don't want to be doing that like 10 or 12 games out from final. So, um, yeah, they're in a difficult position. They played t- uh, t- tomorrow night um, against the Adelaide 36ers in Christchurch. They won last time out there uh, down there in Christchurch against Cairns, so a venue they've had some good recent memories from. Uh, and then they go to uh, South East Melbourne, Phoenix, on Saturday. So an important weekend, maybe 3-7. and seven, That becomes 3-9. and nine. Oh, You're getting close to saying the season's almost over before Christmas. Uh, but they get a couple of wins and get within sight of 500, they could be back in it. But to get those wins, Smithy, it's going to be tough. They're really down some firepower. They haven't called in any replacements. Very notable that. Um, neither chief nor Will McDowell-White have been replaced. You are able to call in injury, injury replacements. That's maybe a sign that the coffers are a bit empty amongst the breakers' owners. Um, it's, not, it's not a uh, cheap business running a professional sports franchise and when injuries, players go down, you have to bring other guys in. There's always a cost attached. And they haven't haven't uh, haven't been uh, willing, shall we say, to make that move this year. No replacements coming in, which is a bit of a sign that they're going to try and, um, I guess, muddle through with what they've got. But they're undersized. They're lacking firepower. They're really reliant on their two-star imports, uh, Anthony Lamb and Parker Jackson Cartwright, both scoring 20 points a game, really carrying them. Uh, they need more from Finn Delaney. They need more from Isaiah Leafa. They need more from... Tom Abercrombie, to be frank, even though he's mm. right at the end of his career. They just need more from their Kiwis and, their, and, and, and Aussies like Glidden. So Glidden. Um, let's see. Thursday night, Adelaide 36 is also a team you know, that's been struggling a little bit, but they have a lot to do, Smitty, and they need to start doing it um, pretty much straight away.
0: Mark, uh, I read uh, with interest your, your article um, on, on stuff uh, regarding a trade window in New Zealand NBL next year, which is it's going to be quite intriguing to see how everyone approaches that and gets their head around it.
1: Yeah, a little bit of a new thing. That's I think, um, well, from their research, they think they're the first sort of professional or semi-pro sort of sports league uh, in New Zealand that's introduced this. So for, uh, at the end of round seven, there'll be a little three-day window when teams can literally trade players, can send a player out and bring a player in. Uh, if the player agrees, and that's a quite a notable provider. you you know, you don't want players kind of being sent to all, all different places without sort of a, uh, a buy-in from them, because you get into employment sort of matters, but um, um, if the player agrees and the team that they're being sent from agrees, uh, these it, it, this is now in play, and it just adds a little bit of an interest, doesn't it, if a seven rounds in, if a club feels it needs to make a move, or a player feels they're not in a situation that's that's good for them. There's this little window where they can they can, they can be moved around. And, you know, it just creates, a, as, the, as the league guys say, it creates a bit of a talking point. It creates, um, fan, it builds fan interest. And it also helps teams kind of just reshape themselves mid-season. And, and you know, it's, I don't think it'll be, like, massive, but if the clubs are smart, they'll use it. It's a, it's a tool for improvement. It's a tool for for players to use to make, put themselves in better situations, maybe. So, um, look, it's change, it's new, anything fresh, anything designed to um, add some vitality to a league, you've got to applaud. So, well done, the New Zealand NBL. Look, it's a little league. Uh, it's not true. It doesn't go forever. Um, it, you know, the quality of players in it, it's well below the Australian NBL. But it, 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 it's a little league that achieves, that really brings the best out of itself at a, at a time when there's not a lot else going on in the hoops world. So, well done to the Kiwi NBL, continuing to make themselves relevant.
0: Let's pop across, if we can, to uh, just a couple of rugby issues. I know we're off-season, but yeah. it, uh, it's never far away from the headlines. What have you made of uh, Scott Robertson's transition into the job, the way uh, the media have approached him, the way he's handled a couple of issues early on in the piece?
1: Yeah, um, well, wow, always... I mean he did a bit of a um, media charm offensive um last week because he had um had some uh, had a significant TV um interview I think it was appearing on Sunday so he he made sure that the other media got their access uh for for pieces that came out around that Sunday deadline so good on him for being fair there and and look we all know Scott Robertson don't we he's he's charming he's interesting he's uh, <laughs> He's a little bit different. Uh, all those sort of things shine through in everything he does. Um, so a little bit of a breath of fresh air, and I think he's been—he's probably notably held himself back. He's allowed a little bit of breathing space from the World Cup for the last regime to kind of make their way out, and, and showed a bit of respect there. Um, we all know he was um, encouraged to stay away, shall we say, Smithy in France and. He abided by that. So I I think it's all been done respectfully. I think, um, you know, there's hope there's going to be... From the media side, I'm certainly hopeful that things will be better. I'd spent two months following the All Blacks around in France and never sat down with one All Black the entire time uh, because of the way they do their media now. They basically pushed the media away and just do it in a very structured, formal environment. Look, I get my best stuff when I sit down with a player or a coach and have a chat one to one. As you know, all, all media enjoy doing. Um, and under Ben Fos- Foster, that sort of environment has been sort of almost um, completely done away with. And they just do their sort of in house interviews and, you know, softball, easy questions are one thing, but dealing with, uh, you know, trained media is another. And um, I, I think that's part of being a professional sports team. And I hope under Scott Robertson, we see. Better access for the media, which is essentially just better access for fans to read about the stars of the game that they love to follow. So let's hope that's an improvement and let's hope, you know, um, well, the way Ian Foster finished his his, uh, regime, you've got to give him credit there. That was a magnificent World Cup performance. I think we all, even as harshest critics, have to tip a hat to the way he got the team to peak in France eventually. Um, And, you know, maybe Scott Robson has a little bit more to work with than he thought. He's losing a lot of players, isn't he? A lot of senior guys, but he's, he's, he's also retaining a fair chunk of that group, um, so he's going to have a base to work with. Let's see. I mean, you know, results will be the ultimate guide, but I think I think with the change, with a new face, with a, a little bit of colour about the individual, um, the modern thinking Razor Robertson brings, I think there's hope from, from us all, Smithy that we might just have, you know, a, a bold, fresh new era. But I would just say it probably won't be easy his first year, you know, with the loss of all those senior guys, and he's got some some new things to bed in. So maybe we just need to be a little bit patient with Scott Robertson, and just whether he can kind of come through those tough early times will be the biggest biggest interest, I think.
0: I remember, Mark, when he first uh, got appointed, one of the things he just hinted at slightly was access to players playing overseas. Now, I see um, recently from Sam Kane, so we've now got the uh, in new all-black coach and still the current captain, intimating the same kind of theory there. Is that a possibility going forward, the, uh, the access to players playing in overseas competitions, which has always been a point-blank no to this point?
1: Yeah, I hope not. I think it would be a massive mistake if they open it up um, on, on multiple levels. But essentially, the main retention tool, shall we say, for for um, New Zealand rugby, for super rugby, to keep the bulk of New Zealand's best players in this country is their All Blacks eligibility. Look, you know, we can kid ourselves all we want, but if you take that away, suddenly um, there's going to be... a, a uh, probably a compelling reason for these guys to stay disappears and there's going to, going to be a lot more players go overseas. So it's going to impact not just the All Blacks by being able to pick one or two guys who are based overseas, and it's going to massively impact, impact our professional competition, essentially Super Rugby, because uh, we're going to lose a lot, a lot more players. So I hope it doesn't change. It's always, I always mm-hmm. find an interesting smithy that it's only when top players actually go overseas themselves that they suddenly uh, have this epiphany that, <laughs> that that players should be picked from offshore. When they're playing in New Zealand, they never state that. It's only when they go overseas themselves. So self-interest, of course, always rules these things, doesn't it? But there's a reason yes. that this policy is in place. It's been thought yeah. through, Smithy, um, and I hope it doesn't change because I like the fact that we do actually keep most, not all, but most of our best players in New Zealand, and having that all-black rule is a big, big part of it. You take that away, oh, those floodgates could open.
0: Mark Hinton, always great catching up with you. And uh, I, love, I just love your opinions, all-round opinions on all the sports that you cover. Cheers, man. Uh, nice to catch up again.
1: Good on you, Smithy, and welcome back, mate.